You got the call. Welcome to the Big Leaks, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Here with you for a fun episode, a fun pitching-filled episode, joined by my co-host, Michael Richards, a.k.a. TGFBI champion, a.k.a. Baby Huey. What's going on, man? Not too much, Mendy. Glad to be back here. We've been uh, talking hitters mostly for the last few episodes, so I wanted to switch it up and now that the uh, drafts are starting up, there's a little ADP out there and wanted to, you know, just discuss some of the pitchers that are that we covered uh, during the season, you know, that uh, I hope some people actually picked up in their dynasty leagues. Uh, and yeah, I'm just excited to kind of dig into that. Yeah, there's a ton of great pitchers on there. Some of my personal favorite ones when I saw the list that Mike put together, my heart was skipping a beat a few of these guys. But yeah, we're here to talk about it's never too early to start up, talk about drafts, and we're talking about pitching prospect ADP. So where are these guys that have yet to debut in the major leagues? Where are they going right now in fantasy drafts? And is that too high, too low, just about right? Or maybe we see their ADP rise more in the offseason, and this is the time now to draft to get them at a bargain. So without further ado, let's talk about the first player here. Everybody knows this guy, Grayson Rodriguez. Pretty much the top pitching prospect in baseball, most places you look throughout last season. And he advanced to three levels of the minor leagues. Early NFBC ADP has him as a min pick of 185, max of 299, averaging out about pick 215. Mike, what do you think of this ADP for someone we expect to break camp with the Orioles? Well, Grayson Rodriguez is interesting because I do think he's the number one pitching prospect. I've had him there for a while. The downside to him is the injuries he kind of accumulated last year that held him down to 75 innings. I don't think talent or skill is the in question here. I think he's clearly the top pitching prospect in my estimation. And I think he's, his skills translate right now. Like he's got three double plus pitches and two plus pitches right now, not in the future. So currently, so it's really, for me, it comes down to how much will the Orioles pitch him. I don't think we can expect him to get a full workload because of the 75 innings. So I'm kind of torn on this a little bit. I, I do think if I was in some early drafts, I would get a, a one or two shares of him because I do think once the season gets closer, he is someone who's going to rise. And I could even see him getting up in near where Shane Boz was going last year. But overall, he's probably in a region from a redraft sense. He's probably someone I'm going to end up avoiding because I expect his price to become too good. Long-term, I think he's an ace. Yeah, he's obviously the crown jewel of the Orioles pitching prospects. He's right now going on NFBC. Again, we talked about um, right around his range of where he's, or the average he's getting picked. But in terms of major league pitchers that are going around that range, we see Michael Waka, James Karinchak, Jose Suarez, Mike Minor, Jordan Hicks. So it is kind of interesting. He's still in a very um, reachable range at this point among pitchers, but we'll have to see if that continues at this point. 
Um, let me actually, you know what? I just forgot. I realized I forgot to change the ADP on that. Let me, let me fix that here for the last month of drafts. That's yeah. going to actually change that a lot. Goodness gracious, David, you should have had that prepared ahead of time. I know I'm sorry. He is going yeah, right here. The 83rd pitcher going off the board and he's going right around John Gray, Jose Barrios, Sony Gray, Patrick Sandoval. These are all guys kind of going in that range. So you're definitely not getting a discount on, on Grayson Rodriguez this year. That's pretty high draft capital to have to pay. But like you said, Mike, maybe a couple teams just to take the upward swing here on Grayson Rodriguez. Next player here is one of the players I love. I think I'm going to have him on more than any other player. I think I'm going to draft this year is Hunter Brown of the Houston Astros. Right now, he actually is pitching for the Astros in the World Series, and he's pitched for them all throughout the playoffs right now. He looks locked in. He looks like he belongs. Early NFBC ADP, min of 213, max of 332, averaging about pick 279. Uh I will definitely be taking him sooner than that. I think, Mike, I, I, I'm i big on Hunter Brown next year. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Hunter Brown, you know, stood out to me. I actually liked him last year, but he was an early standout in AAA in the first month of the season, and I've been on him ever since. Uh, I've even heard you talk about him on the on the Major League show. He's His talent is there. He's got a, a plus fastball, plus slider, double plus curveball, and he started to improve his change up as well it's simply how is he going to get into the Astros rotation and last year we saw Christian Javier you mm -hmm. know he was kind of unknown at the time his his ADP was low because we he didn't have a rotation spot and he jumped in there and became a really good player I could see similar things happening with Hunter Brown I am definitely interested in him at ADP of 279 I do think it's going to go up uh, but this is a, this is a really good pitcher, and I think he's ready to contribute in fantasy next season. Yeah, and he is, for reference, the 108th pitcher off the board. And you get it going around guys like Marcus Stroman and Garrett Whitlock, Eduardo Rodriguez. I would take him over all those guys personally right now where they're at in their careers compared to where he's going to be headed. So Hunter Brown, a nice guy to be looking at for next season. This is one of the more popular breakout picks. I've seen our guy, uh, Vinny from down on the farm, likes him a lot. Um, little Cheesecake Art loves this guy. I've seen him, most people talk about Hayden Wisniewski of the Chicago Cubs and did pretty decent when he did pitch in the big leagues this season. The early NFBC ADP on him is right around where Hunter Brown is going. A min of 241, max of 342, average of pick 291. What do we think? Could Wisniewski be a breakout pitcher this year in fantasy? Well, that's a tough one to say because he's still pretty young. Um, let's start with the scouting grades. Uh, above average fastball plus slider, average changeup, average cutter. So he's more of a pitchability type guy than a guy who's going to blow you away with stuff. He doesn't have the huge strikeout rate like Grayson and Hunter Brown, but he's also very good at limiting walks and just limiting contact. And he did strike out about a batter per inning. So I definitely think the value in Wes Newski is that he's going to be locked in on opening day as in their rotation, you know, and he pitched nearly 150 innings in 27 starts in 2022. So, you know, I think he's going to be ready to go for 160, 170 innings and around pick 300. It seems like a, a guy that I would be targeting in, in certain leagues, I'm kind of against rookies overall. People have been listening to me just 
you know, there's there's a lot of players that go around these players who have track records. So I would tend to lean towards taking the same approach I did with Grayson Rodriguez. I want to get some shares of these players, but I'm not going to be targeting them in every draft like aggressively. And that kind of goes with also a big philosophy you have where you're a huge prospect guy, but you're very careful with drafting a lot of prospects because the risk is a lot of times higher than the reward because these rookies struggle when they have their first full season in the big league. So I can fully respect that. And we will have to see what happens with Wisniewski, but definitely a couple shares of him, I think is, is the right way to go. Dre Jameson, friend of the program here. We had him on during midseason, and he kind of exploded on the scene in the very end of the season here. And somebody that obviously I think people were uh, high on in terms of his potential, but I don't think anybody saw what he was going to be doing at the end of the season. Very, very athletic and early NFBC ADP on him, 274 min, 388 max, settling in at 326 as the average ADP. And he's going, in terms of pitchers off the board, picture 125. Right around Flor- Dylan Floro, Brian Bayo, and other interesting prospects, Sean Manaya. Uh, so what are we thinking about Dre Jameson? Be careful what you say, because I've heard he listens to the show. Yeah, no, I love Dre Jameson long-term. He, he actually, like you said, he surprised me with his dominance down the stretch in four starts he was right up there with Zach Gallen as one of their best pitchers and now looking at his full season he had some big time struggles in the upper levels which also surprised me because we're talking about a guy with a double plus fastball double plus slider above average changeup. for him it's the command and he showed his upside I think down the stretch I don't think that's what we can expect going forward as you can see on the season overall, even with that dominance in the major leagues, he still had a 5.56 ERA and 1.43 WHIP, with a relatively low strikeout rate too. So, I'm kind of leaning away from targeting him in redraft leagues. This is still a guy that I want on my dynasty teams, but I'm not super excited to go after him at this stage at his price. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, I think that end of the season contributed to that high ADP. And I'm with you. I, I like him, but I'm a little nervous that that kind of provided too much helium for his draft value. And I, I want to see it a little bit more before I would pay that type of capital for someone that was a top 100 prospect. But I, I, a lot of times I saw um, not nearly as high as right now as, as he's performed. So just we'll keep an eye on Dre Jameson. Our next player, Cody Morris, another great pitching prospect for the Cleveland Guardians. And he did get some major league experience last year. He's settling in around pick 362 with a min of 295 max of 412. And you might hear of Gavin Williams, but Cody Morris, man, he's like, I'm here too. Let's talk about me. What do we think about Cody Morris? Yeah, Cody Morris, I think he wouldn't even be prospect eligible had he avoided injury last year. This is someone I really liked for like draft and holds. Uh, you know, kind of, I would have been talking about him on this episode last season. So he he did get work in, in the complex and then AAA and then the majors. He showed he showed what he's got, you know, 62 strikeouts in 45 innings, low ERA and whip. I expect him to be a player who's good for ERA and whip down the road. He's he's got strikeouts. He doesn't his 10% walk rate is actually quite high for what he usually does. This is a guy that has good command, possibly even plus command. And like you said, the, the Guardians have a history of developing pitchers. 
and I've talked about him on the show before. I, I think they like him more than like a Cal Quantrill and an Aaron Savale. So I expect him to get a lot of time in the rotation next year. I would be a little hesitant to get go all in on him because of the 45 innings. You know, it's they're going to have to he's probably going to crack over 100 or something. He's not going to be a full time player. He might even get moved to the bullpen down the road. But this is someone I think you want on your teams long term because of his control and organization. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Hody Morris does, but uh, I'm excited for the future for the Guardians and he should be a, a big part of that next season. D.L. Hall, we get to our second Orioles high-end pitching prospect here who got some major league experience last year. Some talk about that maybe he's better fit for the bullpen. Others say that he's still got the stuff. They want to see him potentially still try to start and see what we can do. But uh, the 143 whip tells you he has some problems with control. And early NFBC ADP, 309 min, 448 max, settling in at a 387 average ADP. And again, just for reference for everybody, we're looking at where he's going in drafts. Uh, it is settling it right at pitcher 153, right near Mike Soroka, Nick Pavetta, Michael Waka, Blake Trine, and Tariq Skubal. That's kind of the range he's going in. What do we think about DL Hall? Is he going to kind of fulfill what we've been hoping, or could he be disappointed and kind of be stuck in the bullpen? I still think it's a yet to be determined. His stuff is so good. I mean, a double plus fastball plus curveball plus changeup. I mean, he's the epitome of a guy who, if he had command, he'd be nearly untouchable. I think the Orioles are in a position right now where their pitching isn't so amazing that they can't give this guy a try. I think his upside is too big to just throw him in the bullpen at age 24 and say it's over. They have to let him attempt to be a starter because he could be really good if he could figure that out. Uh, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm scared of the ERA and whip the, the strikeout upside is clear as day 156 K's and in 98 innings. I think he could be dominant in a multi-inning role. I just have questions about whether or not he's going to get to that command. Uh, I could be totally wrong and he could end up being a great pitcher, but he also might end up in the bullpen. So like I said, I think it's to be determined. I'm probably going to stay away from him for the most part in, in redraft next season. I think I'm with you. Uh, the The whip scares me. I, I know the control has been an issue. The strikeout stuff is definitely there. 35.6% K percentage. But he's not one of the prospects that I'm looking to to draft and take a chance on next year. I just think there there's more ways it could go wrong than right. And if it's one of those things that goes right, great for him. But it definitely probably won't be on too many of my teams. Last few we're going to talk about here. Ken Waldichuk. Um, love love Ken Waldachuk right now. He got traded to Oakland from the Yankees in the Frankie Montas deal. Got some good major league action at the end of the season for Oakland and went across three levels. So this is going to be somebody that's probably from day one. Uh, unlike a lot of the other guys on this list here uh, that are kind of like, you could see them starting and you could maybe see him bounce around a little bit. He's going to be in the Oakland rotation. You'd expect to start out the year and he has a chance to accumulate innings had great strikeout stuff in the minor leagues, a lefty. Him going in an average of 401 ADP, max of 470, min of 349. I, I feel like that's such a great spot to take a chance on a guy that has a possibility of, of being the number two or three for Oakland this year. What do you think, Mike? Absolutely. I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Uh, the downside with the Waldachuk is that he plays for Oakland and they won't 
probably win a lot of games. So, you know, wins is one fifth of the categories in fantasy. Um, but yeah, like you said, 170 Ks and 129 innings in the upper levels in major leagues last year. Uh, you know, the FIPS a little bit higher than the ERA, but he's, he didn't, he walked under 8% of batters, um, you know, 401 for average a, ADP for a guy who's locked into the rotation spot. And like you said, could end up being there two or three once it all pans out. Seems like a pretty easy uh, buy at that price for me. And sometimes people, the way they draft, they're just looking for accumulation and, and they, you know, they'll do the 50 round um, draft and hold teams. This is a perfect type of guy to get because in, in a thing where you're just looking for volume, this is what hopefully he's going to get from him this year. Again, you're not really worried about him losing his rotation spot. And he's shown how great just the upside with the strikeout upside and uh, what he did in the minor league. So I, I like Ken Waltzchuk a lot. That's leading to my favorite, favorite uh, pitcher <laughs> in the minor leagues. Somebody that I just can't get enough of. And I will definitely be drafting some this year. That's that's for sure. Andrew Painter, who went across three levels last year. He just looked dominant at every single place wherever he goes. He's going after Ken Waldeshuk at an average of 421 ADP. And that's just because the uncertainty that he maybe pitches in the major leagues next year. If this was a guy that was, you know, finishing up in AAA, I think you would see that ADP probably up at least 100 spots just with the potential he has. A max of 518, min of 290. What do we think about Andrew Painter here, Mike? Would you take a risk on him at this ADP um, with the chance that maybe he doesn't pitch next season, but is, is it worth it at that price? Well, I know you're a big fan of Andrew Painter, as am I. He's a teenager. He's a teenager who hasn't pitched in AAA yet. Uh, I mean, the stats look amazing. You know, he's got everything you want from a pitcher. But I am not convinced that this would be a wise choice at, at an ADP of 421 right now. I mean, it's difficult for a 20-year-old to be good in the major leagues, no matter how good they are. And I'm not even sure when he's going to get called up. If I were them, I would take it easy with him because I don't think there's any reason for you to push him. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, from a dynasty perspective, we're talking about a guy with three plus pitches. I mean, this could be the number one pitching prospect in short order. But as far as 2023 redraft, I'm probably going to be staying away from him. I, I just still think there are regular everyday players that I can get uh, instead of a teenage pitching prospect. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I think he's definitely one of those swing for the fences type of deal where he could really pay off. But like you said, there's uh, Asa Lacey was someone last year who obviously his prospect pedigree is, is kind of dipped in recent seasons, but he was someone I took in a couple draft and holds because I was like the Royals need pitching. He's their top pitching prospect. He'll be someone that could get you some volume later on. And, he never got called up and that wasted a roster space for me in some of these leagues. So he could be somebody that obviously the potential for him is great, but if the Phillies feel that they want to work him along slowly and don't bring him up, maybe they don't bring him up at all next season, or maybe he gets a, a taste at the end of the season. That would be a wasted pick for you. So you just have to keep in mind right now. That is a possibility with someone like Andrew Painter, no matter what the potential is. Yeah. And that's, you made a good point there. I want to add to, you know, it's about the format you're playing. Like, you know, if you can stash him, on a team and not really affect your team, you know, like in a 50 round draft and whole type thing, I would take his shot on Andrew Painter in a few leagues. You know, I'm not averse to the whole idea of getting a guy who you could stick in your lineup in the second half with high upside. I'm looking at it more from like, 
even if he's dominant, like we think, he's probably not going to be with the team in the first half. I can't have him stashed on my bench right. for three months in a competitive league. 100% agree with you. Make sure you pay attention to the format and keep in mind that he's someone that most likely is not going to break camp with the team, maybe not even see uh, any time next year in the major league. So adjust accordingly, with the, especially if you have like shallow benches and the, how competitive your leagues are. Let's go to the next 10 pitchers off the board here. And these are just uh, some other players that didn't maybe make the full list here, but maybe we'll touch on a couple of them as we go down here. Ryan Nelson of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Brandon Fat of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Sixto Sanchez of the Marlins, Kay Cavalli of the Nationals, Kyle Muller of the Braves, Bobby Miller of the Dodgers, Taj Bradley of the Rays, Ryan Pepio of the Dodgers, Kyle Harrison of the Giants, and Gavin Stone of the Dodgers. I think every single player on this list we talked about at some point during the season on the call-up, some of them, you have, I love the the target emojis and rocket emojis you put, which if you're watching on YouTube, great craftsmanship on the artwork here from, uh, from Mike, but maybe give me like one or two of these guys that maybe intrigue you. And obviously we're going in, in descending ADP. So the order I read them is the later, uh, the later and later you can get them. So give me like two guys, maybe you're, you're looking at for next year. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I can quickly go through each of them. Like okay. Rain Nelson, yeah. I'm pretty much avoiding uh, at his spot. Brandon Fat is one of my targets. He was the strikeout leader in the minor leagues, and his ERA and WHIP isn't great, but he's a better pitcher than his numbers indicate. And I think he's at a good spot right now. And I think he's going to get more helium. Sixto Sanchez, I'm avoiding because of his injury history. Cade Cavalli, I'm torn on. I don't love the organization, and he had an off season. But the year before, he was one of the strikeout leaders and one of the big risers. So I see some potential there. Kyle Mueller has a history. The Braves are a good organization. If he can break into that rotation, he could get a lot of wins. And he improved last year. Now, the Dodger guys, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepiot, and Gavin Stone, all have big upside, uh, especially Miller and Stone. But their situation in the depth in the organization makes me hesitant to go after them in redraft. I do think Miller and Stone could end up being huge players for fantasy down the road. And the two guys that I put the rocket next to are Taj Bradley <laughs> and Kyle Harrison. Oh and those God. players are Love the guys this. that I want in Dynasty. Those are those guys. I don't expect a huge amount of production from them in 2023. But when it's their time, they're going to be the guys that everyone wants. I love those two players. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with those. And uh, just because somebody isn't going to be a great value for next season doesn't mean you shouldn't be paying attention to what they're doing. Uh, because like Michael said, this might be the time you can pounce on them before more of the the casual, I don't want to even say casual, just someone that doesn't pay as much attention to the minor leagues and until guys are literally on the verge of being called up and are talked about on bigger platforms. This is the time you can maybe buy them now before everybody kind of knows. Someone like a Kyle Harrison uh, I remember when you brought him up earlier this season and just how much he's jumped since you first brought him up to where he's going to be somebody that by the end of next season, no, everybody's going to know about even someone that doesn't follow the minor leagues. They're going to know about. Yeah. Kyle this Harrison. time next season, I expect Kyle Harrison to be up, you know, getting picked where uh, Hunter Brown is, you know, mm -hmm. up in that range. Exactly. So. so always make sure you guys stay on top of this stuff as early as you can make moves for these guys before everybody else catches on and uh, use the knowledge that Mike gives you to help you in your drafts because, again, sometimes prospect pick can be a waste. Other times it could be like a Julio Rodriguez where 
you pick him in the 250s, 300s, wherever you get him, and he ends up being a league winner for you. Uh, so just make sure you, when you take your shots, make sure you do your research, make sure you listen to, again, people like Mike who are going to guide you guys to the right way to make sure that if you do pick the chances on prospects, you're taking chances on the right guys. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to add in, uh, you know, when looking at these players, it's a blend of opportunity and talent. So like some of these pitchers will fall flat and get sent down and be wasted picks, but a few of them will turn out to be draft day steals and avoiding the landmines and investing in the right ones will have a huge impact on your season. That's right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there again, pitching prospect ADP. I don't see too much of this stuff out there. So props to Mike for coming up with this great idea for the episode, this episode of the call up. If you guys are not subscribed, please make sure you guys subscribe to triple play fantasy. Make sure you ring the bell. Anytime the call up goes out, it's usually out every single Wednesday morning. You will see that in your podcast feed and on the YouTube channel and make sure you're following Mike at MP Richards, 1981 for just not just great prospect advice, but redraft advice from the TGFBI overall winner. Make sure you guys do all that. Uh, but then that's going to wrap us up for this week. So for Mike, I'm D Mendy. We'll catch you guys next week.